In the world of manufacturing, change is the only constant. How are small and medium-sized manufacturers, SMMs, to keep up with new technologies, regulations, and other important shifts, let alone leverage them to become leaders in their industries? Shifting Gears, a podcast from CMTC, highlights leaders from the modern world of manufacturing, from SMMs to consultants to industry experts. Each quarter, we go deep into topics pertinent to both operating a manufacturing firm and the industry as a whole. Join us to hear about the manufacturing sector's latest trends, groundbreaking technologies, and expert insights to help SMMs in California set themselves apart in this exciting modern world of innovation and change. I'm Greg Profesich, Director of Advanced Manufacturing Technologies at CMTC. I'd like to welcome you. In this episode, I'm joined by Pandora Ovanesian, Senior Technology Consultant at CMTC. Pandora explains what enterprise resource planning is, how it works, and its evolution over the years. In addition, Pandora discusses common signs that point to an organization needing technology improvements and explores what a roadmap for digital transformation looks like. Welcome, Pandora. It's great to have you here today. Look forward to our conversation. Thank you, Greg. Pleasure to be here. Pandora, we're here to talk about ERP systems today. I did some internet research and preparation for our conversation, and I learned that ERP market for cloud alone, for cloud ERP alone, is valued at over $53.7 billion in 2022. It's expected to grow to over $123 billion by 2030. Now, it's a very sizable market. It means a lot of companies have adopted ERP. Um, portion of that uh, probably is a significant portion of that valuation is from sales to large companies and not just manufacturers. We're here to discuss the value of ERP to all manufacturers, but particularly to the small and medium-sized manufacturers. So let's get started. ERP is one of those acronyms that have been around for quite a while. For context, can you define for our listeners exactly what enterprise resource planning is and how it has evolved over the years? Sure, Greg. Pretty much the ERP or enterprise resource planning is a digital technology tool. And as simple as, as three initials, it really supports and integrates all areas of your business to improve your core operations and also customer experience. So it's primarily the digital tool or what I call your digital backbone of your organization for automation, integration. It's the key tool that you're going to use to help find ways to generate value. It's going to help you overall business efficiencies and create cost reductions. And when you have that tool in place, you have opportunities to position yourself for any changes within the market, customers, products. So it gives you agility. So essentially, it, it's it's a, an enterprise-level tool, right, hence the name, that can support all the different functions within your business. Yes, all the different functions, but it also is key in operations, and it's also very key in being able to give you visibility and give you real-time data. The, the list can go on and on, but it really is that primary digital backbone to help position your organization for a number of things strategically. Okay. So my next question was about that really, you know, where does ERP fit in with inside the technology landscape? But you just said technology backbone. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit more? Sure. So... Primarily, the technology backbone of ERP, again, it's it's automation integration, uh, real-time data and visibility. But as I mentioned, it is the primary tool that we use to plan for strategic growth within the organization. So, for example, I'm, I want to be increasing EBITDA or I want to be able to uh, 
grow my my business products and services or geographies, um, sales and marketing, customer satisfaction, where do I go? And so where you go when you've got this backbone, this digital backbone, is within this what we call ERP system. Um, one of the key things that we live in is a technology-based economy. And so with this technology-based economy, one of the key areas that businesses need to be able to be successful in their strategic growth is to have that cognitive enterprise data and technologies that allows all the workers, including decision makers, to perform at a higher level and more efficient and productive levels. So the backbone manages your, your entire organization. It tracks your quality attracts your people. It's the dynamic manufacturing process that's taking place. And whether you're a small organization or a large organization, it's it's the primary tool that businesses use today to eliminate that data silos and one source of truth. Because you've got, if you're in silos, you've got one team that has one data, another has another. So it also brings financial accuracy. Got it. Got it. So, so because it's an enterprise system, it cl- captures data from all the given silos, departments, parts of the organization, potentially distributed plants or, or, or sites, whatever that is, and gives you that one source of truth. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. One database, one source. Okay. And you mentioned EBITDA a minute ago. So it, earnings before interest te- taxes, depreciation, and amortization, right? Correct. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so from a high level, What's the value proposition? I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but the value proposition of ERP, why would I, if I'm a small manufacturer and I don't have one, why do I need one? What's, what's it going to do for me? Well, one, again, I think that the key thing that we need to you know, have a, an awareness is that we are in a technology-based economy. And the changes that we've seen in 2020 has definitely forced massive changes in the industry globally. And the the scenario being an industry 4.0, where we're utilizing more advanced technologies, companies, regardless again of the size, small or big, if they are not making that transition, they are going to be left behind. And companies that are beginning to see that they can't really be where they are and they, they are behind in this technology economy are making those changes. And um, we've seen companies, in, for example, in 2020 that no longer exist. Um, they didn't have the tools. They didn't have the people. They didn't have the automation. It was very hard for them to compete with those companies that already were positioned in the technology world. So if I'm hearing you correctly, the value proposition really is that the centralization of data across silos or departments and the automation that can be built in can allow competitive advantage if it's implemented correctly and can keep you on the cutting edge, not the bleeding edge, but the cutting edge of the next round of, of technology evolution. You know, we are in Industry 4.0, and we're looking at advanced technologies. It's no longer cutting edge or bleeding edge. It's being able to be competitive. Um, it is the tool, you know, that we need to, to stay current in the marketplace. And I, I put the analogy in a discussion I had with someone the other day, and they were having a hard time understanding, well, why would I need this tool? And the colleague, I, I said to him, well, you know, do you remember the day? How about if I take your mobile phone away and give you a daytime uh, daytimer and I give you a GPS tool and um, and basically you can log in your appointments on your daytimer and chase down people. It, it's um, It's not really very efficient and people would have a very difficult, you know, 
time to continue doing business without their mobile phone. And oh, by the way, they could go back to using Rolodex and see how efficient that would be. And so again, it's not really staying cutting edge or bleeding edge, but it's really staying competitive. Um, None of us would work very well with a day timer or a Rolodex or a separate map and getting us from point A to point B. Right, right, right. I don't want to go back to my Thomas guy. I don't. Remember, remember those days, right? Any map. <laughs> I don't want to use any map. So turn-by-turn directions is definitely nice. And, and yeah, it's, you know, once, once you have the te- a technology, a lot of times you don't realize, you can't think of how you did without it, right? But you did something before. But, you know, it, it's it's... Being able to use that talk technology in the right way to continue to be effective. Because, yes, I can be effective with a daytime or a Rolodex, but I can't be really efficient. It's being effective and efficient, and that's continuously looking for those ways to apply technology for additional efficiency. Is that what I'm hearing you say? And I th- yeah. And the thing that's really key to what we have today is once you put that digital backbone, you're able to leverage opportunities. And I don't know about you, but someone could give you all the lessons on how to use a map and a day timer and a Rolodex, but it's really hard to become really efficient in, in that world. But once you have the, the digital backbone in, you are able to easily be an agile organization to change with dynamic times that we are in um, and be able to position yourself for opportunities. How do you position yourself in an opportunity with paper and pencil and Excel spreadsheets? Got it. Got it. Okay. So so let's talk a little bit. You mentioned, you know, that there's some, some examples I'm sure that you could share with us. How can ERP software be used by organizations to advance along the digital journey, right? We hear about this digital journey a lot. Um, that, that, that we're all on as a society, as well as, as as manufacturing, as a manufacturing sector. So, yeah, what are some examples of how organizations can use software to advance along that journey? Well, you know, uh, because it's the backbone, it is the the tool that's going to manage your day to day business. It's going to track your from the point of sale to to receipts to shipping. It's going to be able to track your different movements within the manufacturing floor. Um, It is basically the plant floor operations in the palm of your hand. And the other nice thing about it is what we can do with quality. You know, we always look at quality at the end, and if we have to correct something at the end or it scraps it at the end, we're able to check that quality work in process. And then you're able to see the performance of your employees, and you could actually recognize and 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 do pay for performance or recognize areas where your employees need further training so that they, they could be corrected. Um, so it, it's, it's a, it, it gives you that performance capabilities that you won't have using an Excel spreadsheet or using a, a Word document paper trail. Right, right. So you, you said something a moment ago, your manufacturing company in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I think that summarizes things really nicely. So if I have that backbone in place because it's collecting data from all of the different portions of the organization that are connected, I hear you saying that you, know, you, you can see and summarize and understand the flow of materials from receiving through uh, inventory, through production, through quality control, through shipping out the door until receipt, uh, and have that kind of holistic end-to-end view is what it allows. Yeah, and it, it also gives you quicker turnaround times. So because you're you're now... Uh, have efficient work processes in place because it's not just a digital tool that makes you more efficient. It's it's taking and eliminating 
certain processes that you no longer are using. So you're able to do quicker turnarounds. Um, the other key part of it is the customer information. I, I being, for example, you might be in sales, you're, you're actually seeing information, any complaints, requests from your customers, things that need improvement, and, and then seeing the sales cycle. So from a sales and marketing piece of it, that's real-time information that you can be reactive or, or proactive as opposed to reactive. On the product knowledge piece of it, you're actually having more information about, do I have enough inventory, just-in-time inventory, and then being able to use that information. Lead times, um, having that real-time lead time so you can track your orders and get the information back to your customers and let them know delivery times. And I mentioned inventory levels, doing that just-in-time so that you're minimizing your cost. I think one of the most uh, important thing that I hear a lot of clients talk about is pricing, um, being able to standardize pricing, special offers, promotions. And for example, most recently, when they have price changes, they, they get orders in one month, but they don't want delivery uh, for another two months, and you have a price change. You got to go track that down so you have that real-time tracking capabilities to make those price adjustments accordingly. Right, right. Okay. So how can your EP system uh, be deployed to positively impact key indicators like customer service, waste reduction, inefficiencies, compliance? Can you give us some specific examples of how the system can enable those? Well, I think the what we've seen that what we use as success models and our key indicators of success models of deployment is working really with people, the process, and technology. A lot of folks will make a decision and make the leap into technology, whatever tool they use, whether it's ERP and all of the other parts of it, uh, manufacturing execution system, MES, or they're using sensory devices, or they're doing artificial intelligence, or any of the other advanced technologies, they jump into the tool. And so that's not where we want to start. We, we definitely want to start with your people. And do you have, first and foremost, do you, have you shored up your organization to have a sustainable organization once you put in that technology? Who's going to be supporting it? Who are your super users? Who are your point people if something goes wrong? So it's the people part of it in your organizational structure. The other part of it is the processes. Are you putting a system that's going to duplicate your, your redundant processes? That was a cost to begin with. It will be an added cost if you just put the system and never re-engineer your processes. You'll end up actually costing more by not re-engineering, and you'll just take certain processes that are costly, and you just will do it a lot faster. So that could be an expense to the company. So having re-engineered the processes for best practices, not only the best practices within your organization, but with best practices with the ERP system and leveraging the tool. Other folks don't want to re-engineer and they'll try to do customization, which then that just multiplies the cost of implementation and ongoing support. Right, right. Okay. So, so, so it's really about the success models, the people process technology and looking at that kind of three-legged stool. If one of those legs isn't strong enough, uh, it's probably going to be some difficulty in implementation is kind of what I hear you saying. So start with the people, right? Get the right people in place and make sure you've got them, the right people on the bus and the right seats on the bus, right? You have the right skills. You have the right people who can support. You have the right people who've got the right attitude and um, the skill sets to back it up uh, to make this successful. 
and then really look at the process, streamline the processes and, and make them as efficient as possible. You know, on the automation side of the, 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 you know, the factory automation side of the world where I work a lot also, uh, you know, I don't want to put a robot in until we take a look at streamlining and, and, and doing some lean work on the process because I don't want to automate waste, right? Automating waste is, is kind of productive. So it's like, I hear you saying something along the same lines there on the processes piece. Yeah. And then the technology, of course, when you have those two foundational pieces in level in, in place, then the technology added in uh, creates that stable three-legged stool. Yes? yes? Yes. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about how SMMs uh, can use our ERP and really use it to gain competitive advantage, increase margins, those kind of things. Can you give us some specific examples? Well, I think one of the key areas that the small companies or medium-sized companies is leveraging operations and the visibility of employees on the manufacturing floor. So that's the shop floor and going paperless, uh, being able to use barcoding and labeling, touch screens, being able to track the performance, uh, labor cost, a big one and a good opportunity for, for our companies. And, and regardless, regardless of the size, the, the tool in itself, you get the same results, whether you're a medium-sized company, small or large. So you're being able to track your data, your people, your performance, your turnaround times, your delivery times, your customer experience. Okay. So, so what I hear you saying is that you know, small to mid-sized manufacturers could, could, could leverage the technology uh, the fact that it's a backbone, we keep going back to that because I think it's so fundamental. What I hear you saying is the fact that it's a backbone allows real-time communication of information. So if I have a paper system, and at the end of the shift, I bring the paper up to somebody who has to then key it in and then gets put on a report for tomorrow, that's a whole lot different than if I'm on a touchscreen or using a barcode or an RFID tag to move material through where the system can see it instantaneously. So it's that real-time connection to the backbone that allows... Uh, visibility, analysis, continuous improvement, all those things. It is the tool for lean manufacturing. Um, it gives you the capability to eliminate waste. Very hard to do that if you're running on spreadsheets and Word documents. It gives you traceability and, and product recall. And the other key part of the success factor that we're looking at is, especially in the regulatory compliance area and in the area of security, you have a locked system and that you're, you've got the material, the information, the lean processes all in one place, as opposed to being spread around <laughs> a shop floor. And, and you can update things in too in real time, right? How many times have we seen on the production floor, you walk out there, and you have the paperwork instructions that are a month old and nobody knows there's a new revision. Yeah, it's, it's borderless. And for companies that are doing version control, document management, control documents, again, the ERP system has all of that. Some companies don't realize that. And, and we worked with companies where they, they purchase an ERP system and then they, they purchased another system for document management. And then they went out and purchased another system for quality management. And so the ERP systems, the way they are today, I, I would say that one of the evolutions is I would say not five years ago or six years ago, but today that ERP vendors have gotten very sophisticated and they've gotten very well able to provide a holistic approach to companies that need everything under one umbrella. It makes it a lot easier to manage, control, and then the visibility piece of it. I can see 
from engineering, what's going on in quality. I can see it in production. The quality people can see what's going on on the shop floor. So when you have this all-in-one system, that that real-time visibility, upgrade capability, maintenance, all is under one umbrella. Well, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, so so then I think you're starting to touch on this anyway and kind of talk about that, that collaboration across departments you were just mentioning. So it sounds like it's not only a continuous improvement tool, it sounds like it's also a tool that can facilitate communication and collaboration across departments. And there's our, now what we have now uh, is the capability of actually using electronic tools to do continuous improvement. And so because you're able to put workflow in your system and you're able to put alerts there, there are tools that you could add to the workflow process that will evaluate the stream of business and then tell you or recommend how you could lean out that process. So again, without the technology attached to it, it's a little hard to do that visually, but tools will provide you a, a workflow diagram and you could see where the bottlenecks are and then where you would then take uh, and move those around or reduce or change so that you can lean out your business processes. Very difficult to do if you don't have a system in place. Right. It's, it's that visibility first, right? Yeah, from, from a lean perspective, uh, at the very least, uh, lean does a great job of making problems visible so they can be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's visibility. That visibility is the key, right? Okay. So uh, we've talked a little bit about the background, where ERP came from, what it can do, how it's the backbone, some of those things. If I'm a manufacturer, what are the, some of the signs that my organization might need to improve my technology and become more modern? What are some of the, the, the characteristics that I would look for to say, oh, you know what? I should probably think about upgrading or I should probably think about implementing. The signs would be the paper trail, spreadsheets, and not able to see real-time data. The key, another key one is the lagging indicators. Companies making decisions based on lagging information as opposed to real-time the data accuracy, uh, we see the inventory management piece of it, a challenge. Manual processes where people are walking around from, from one office to the other or one desk to the other to get the information, the, the functional limitations. And I would say that companies outgrowing um, their current capabilities that they have in their current ERP system, their business needs are growing, but their system isn't keeping up. And then having the ability to meet your customer needs, whether it's delivery times or frequently asked questions that, that they're not getting the answers to things, um, being able to, to identify those small inefficiencies that eventually end up adding up to your cost. And then, of course, regulatory compliance, especially in the aerospace industry. Um, we have significant changes in, in the cyber world. And so a lot of times software that companies have may not meet the expectations of the new world for DOD or aerospace uh, compliance. Right. Right. Okay. So, so the signs really are any of those manual paper or lagging processes at the highest level, right? I think the, the key one is if you have lagging indicators. Whether it's lagging indicators to make decisions or lagging indicators about your inventory or lagging indicators about your customers and their needs. Right, right. Your lagging indicators about when products are going to be delivered. Um, And then production, too. Person takes uh, the salesperson takes the order, doesn't really know what the inventory levels are, can't properly 
estimate delivery times, all of that, and again, in a technology economy base, is, is, is concerning. And the customers, our customers and who we deal business with, have higher expectations from us. Right. right. I think that's totally on target. I've come to the point where I, I often think about the fact when I, when I go online and order something uh, from a certain large internet retailer, I, I sometimes get same-day delivery. Okay. Yeah. I order at 9 a.m. and it's sitting on my doorstep at 2. Right. Well, we, we all live in that world. We're all becoming conditioned to that kind of service level. And so when I pick up the phone and have to call my vendor and say, uh, can you tell me about the quality issue on the product you just shipped me? And the answer is, well, let me uh, do, this, do some research and get back to you. I'll call you in a day or two. Or they want to know when I'm going right. to get my product or what happened. <laughs> right, I put right, my right. Order in. It's it's it, it's that lag and that responsiveness. We begin to get conditioned to the responsiveness of uh, the, the, the world around us and that it seems like it, it's, it's a much different thing, right? It, it, it's that, that gap. If you have a system and, you know, I pick up the phone and I call you to ask about it and you, well, you know, tickle the keys for a moment and then give me all the background data. Well, it shipped on this date. It, 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 it should be here. You should have it by then. Or these were the quality specs. And by the way, here are the, here are the inspection reports or any of that stuff at your fingertips almost instantaneously. That's really what we're coming to as a society to expect. I mean, almost globally, I think, right? So uh, I think I think it's what I hear your point making, right? If 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 it's if it's those lags because those lagging indicators, those lagging responses, those are things that are marks of um, not being current and not being technologically uh, up to speed. You know, we're experiencing a, a huge technology boom, and because of twenty twenty, the the demand has changed. A lot of companies became very, very responsive to the needs, and the companies that didn't have been left behind or have gone out of business. And that there is a concern for companies if they're not focusing on these things, will they be able to have customers that want to do business? They made the shift to companies who have the perception that I, I can get my orders filled. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we were I wanted to ask you a little bit about that, uh, the, the pandemic changes, and I think you probably just summarized it there. So um, let's talk a little bit about the technology that, that ERP has built on itself. Uh, a decade or two ago, ERP existed almost exclusively in kind of a client-server architecture. With the advent of the cloud, can you discuss some of the pros and cons of on-premise versus cloud-based ERP solutions? Sure. So... Uh, there's two choices, companies, and it depends, of course, even the vendor that you pick, because some vendors now just don't even provide on-prem solutions. <laughs> but there's majority of them try to provide on-prem and cloud solutions. So on-prem, it's pretty much the company owns the servers, they maintain it, they're responsible for the backups, they're responsible for doing all the maintenance, and they, they buy the licensing rights. Uh, the other one, of course, is the cloud where people are signing in through a web browser and the vendor is providing the services and uh, doing the upgrades. So the difference primarily is that a lot of companies, depending on what industry you're in, like the idea of going on the cloud because they could take a, a better leverage on the Industry 4.0, the advanced technologies such as sensory devices or artificial intelligence or big data or machine learning, where the, depending again on the industry, on-prem you have more control over your system. Uh, you're not taking the maintenance as upgrades until you're ready. You have a more controlled environment as far as cost. Uh, so it really depends on the industry you're in and then also what your business objectives are. The 
cloud version provides more agility and it's something that you don't really have to think about, but you do have to move along with any kind of upgrades that they make, maintenance, et cetera. Uh, you get notified, obviously, about these changes, but it's more controlled by the vendor, where really on-prem is more controlled by you. And for security purposes, there's multiple variations of cloud. There's the regular cloud, commercial cloud. There's the government cloud. There's high government cloud services. And um, depending, again, what level of security level, you would pick one of those cloud services. Um, the what we call high GSGCC. Those are a little bit more expensive, but it is um, purposeful because of the security factors. Okay, so what I hear you saying is it's, it's really going down to an individual individual decision, a and some of the things um, uh, using the cloud, the pros sound like they're in the the, the areas of things like. Uh, better leverage of industry 4.0 technology. It's already cloud-based, it's already connected. Um, and, and so it's easier to, to connect. It's easier to take advantage of some of those tools, analytics tools, sensoring tools, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's also more agility uh, in the cloud. You can, uh, ostensibly, I, I would suppose, you can turn off and on modules depending on what your need is as your business changes, right? And, and, and change that profile. Um, the, the If you have on-prem, uh, you have more control of when you do upgrades. You have more control of the system because it's on your servers or within your firewall, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, upgrades are on you. So you, it's up to you to keep up to the latest version. Sometimes you don't want to keep up to the latest version. Sometimes you may have done some customizations or integrated other software that works great on this version. You don't want to change it yet. So, so that there's that pro-con. If you're on the cloud, it's going to get updated on a regular basis. And so those integrations are going to have to be upgraded along with it. And, Correct. Uh, so security, you know, the cloud's going to be fairly fairly secure, uh, highly secure. Anything on your side is going to be up to your level of security within your firewall, your protection, your security posture. Yeah, it, it really the decisioning factor is it just depends. It depends on the company's the company size, the type of business that you do, and then not only current state but future state, what kind of business you're going to do. Some clients that we're working with, they they are saying they're interested in the cloud. And then as I look at their strategic plan and we do a strategy planning discussion, through that strategy planning discussion, I see that they're going into all the areas of regulatory requirements that would prohibit them on being on a cloud. Or if they were going to be on a cloud, they would have to be on a high GCC. So when we start having look, looking at those factors, they start to think about, well, maybe cloud isn't the solution for us because in two years we're going to be doing DOD projects. So that's when, again, it depends on what the company is, what they're doing, and then their strategy. Where are they going to go? Some companies, the other part of this decisioning factor isn't just regulatory, it's their IP and how well and where do they want to keep their IP. So they may want to have it on site because they want to make sure that it's within their four walls and nowhere else. So again, it's dependent on the business and then their strategic plans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned a couple of times GCC. I want to make sure all our listeners understand what that stands for. Yeah, GCC is Government Community Cloud High GCC. So there's a, a government cloud, what we call, and then there's a high government cloud. The high government cloud has different security factors than the general government cloud. 
And these are available on Azure, Microsoft Azure, and uh, AWS, which is the Amazon version, and a number, a number of other private companies that will provide you that. So uh, a GCC or a GCC high or high GCC, whichever way you say it, uh, essentially is something I would subscribe to when I, when I go to cloud services, right? It's basically a social security profile or platform. Is that how it works? It is, but it's also dependent on the level of security you would need. Um, if your security level is, and not to get too complicated, but if your security level is one, two, two, then you wouldn't have to pay this, the high version of it. You would just do a government. If your security level is three and above, then you would be looking at a high GCC. Got it. Okay. Okay. So we've been talking about the cloud a little bit and, you know, with the advent of the cloud and a lot of technology, kind of cloud-based point solution players in the market, how do you see the future of ERP? Uh, you know, the the the, the backbone um, tool that can cover all the departments, as opposed to you know potentially assembling your own ERP system out of a couple of different point solutions for your most pressing needs. So, are you saying where do we see the cloud versus on-prem going? No, in terms of, you know, there's point solution providers out there that do data analytics or do inventory management or any of these kind of things, right? Uh, picking up individual modules, if you will, of what ERP covers and, you know, using point solutions, cloud-based point solutions to create your own custom, if you will, ERP to, to, to a given small manufacturer's need. Yeah, you know, that that is not the, the current state of uh, solutions in, in the industry. Uh, we we did that maybe a couple many years ago where vendors would sell modules and some people still in some respect can do that for example buy a separate module for for customer relation management system um, but most of the solutions right now are integrated they're tightly integrated and you can't really buy it separately there's some open source solutions out there but you'll want to make sure that if you do go in that open source solution that you've got a good strong IT team to help you. But we we don't really see companies looking at solutions that are modular based. Uh, for the exception of, of what we call CRM, the customer relation management system, the direction that the industry is going and has been going for the past couple of years is really that backbone all-in-one solution. Right. Okay. Okay. So so from a high level, what does a roadmap for a digital transformation uh, based on an ERP system look like? What are some of the key components, key things that, you know, if I'm a small manufacturer, what do I need to look at and consider and put on my roadmap? So for the roadmap of tr doing the transformation, what I would say is put on your your number one thing is identifying your requirements. A lot of companies want to go straight into the vendor and look at vendor B or C or D and look at their solutions. And Gardner did a study on this, and people who start with identifying their requirements versus the vendor have 60% greater chance of success. So we want to stress on them that one of the key things is what are your requirements because your solution really should be working with your requirements. Uh, the other thing is the team approach and, and the insight that the team could bring in not only the current state, but then using the consulting services that we provide to be able to identify based on your strategic vision, your growth pattern, 
what are the things that you should be looking for in the future? Because we're not looking for a solution that's just going to meet your needs today. But as you grow and sustain your organization and also improve your organization, we want to identify those requirements for the future state. And then net-net, it's ever evidence-based. And we say this is that what are the things? What are the dots that you're able to connect that identify and say, this is the solution for us? Uh, it's very similar to you looking at your long-term, short-term uh, improvements, or you're looking at buying capital equipment or a facility. You're, you're looking at the cost-benefit analysis, what the benefits would be short-term, long-term. So in the same way that you would be making those capital investment decisions, you want to look at the capital investment decision within an ERP system or any solution that you pick. Okay. So I, I think the key point there is really start with requirements, right? Um, the, the, the key is, you know, what is what is your real need? And then think about from there, making sure you have the right team on the or have team assembled to define those requirements fully and completely and understand all the nuance of it. And, and then start looking at uh, solutions and solution vendors and those things. Actually- to, to me, yeah, yep. if I could interrupt, it's not really just starting with your requirements because your requirements should be built on your strategic goals. So it really is starting with strategy. We we want to know what your strategy is today and where you're seeing yourself in the next couple of years and where do you want to take the business. And if most people look at their strategic plan, generally there's something there that the tool needs to do. So it's really looking at where you want to take the business, what's your business strategy, and then aligning your requirements and yet your future state with your future state strategies in regards to requirements. So it's it's a twofold. First is strategy, then then the requirements. Gotcha. Okay. So once we have the strategy and requirements uh, understood, then it's a, it's a matter of having that team uh, assembled to define those, to understand those, and then also to participate in the implementation, uh, looking at the short term as well as long term. Having that that longer term view, making sure this is going to be a tool that you're going to be to evolve into. It's going to evolve with your business and be able to serve your business over the long term. And, and then from there, the cost benefit uh, to make sure that it's going to meet the short term and long term goals and really help help uh, complete the, execute that strategy. Okay. So Pandora, a minute a minute ago, you mentioned uh, level one, level two, and then level three and above. Uh, those were in reference to what exactly? So in the cyber world, we have what we call CMMC. And that's the Cyber Maturity Model Certification. And there are five levels. So when we're looking at being secure and we're in a regulatory environment, uh, certain regulatory requirements, depending on the company, you may need level one through two. And if you are been defined uh, to meet those requirements for CMMC, Cyber Maturity Model, level one through two, you, when you're making a decision on whether you're going to have on-prem or on-cloud, you are able to go on to what we call a government cloud. If you don't have any of those regulatory requirements, you can easily go on a commercial cloud. There, why would I look at one or the other? And it's important for me as one is obviously to keep compliant. The other is, is a cost factor. The higher the security on a cloud environment, the higher the cost. So don't want to buy too much and don't want to underestimate what my requirements are. And this is important because when you're making a decision 
in selecting an ERP system, you want to look at all factors of your cost. I generally like to look at one through 10 years to do a cost estimate for budgeting purposes. So I'll do one through five and then five through 10. And so having that big picture understanding, and we've done this with a lot of clients where they go, I'm level one through two. If I'm sitting here on the cloud, it's going to cost me X. And we do a cost comparison of what it costs on the cloud versus on-prem to make that decision. The next level up is level CMMC level three to five. So we say three and above. And for those folks that need that high security, high cybersecurity compliance, uh, that is what we call GCC high. So GCC is the government cloud, but it's what we call high level three and above. And again, for companies that are in a very top security, they do work with the Department of Defense. Um, they have high cyber requirements. They'll want to be on that cloud version of it. Uh, some companies will, again, the same thing, we'll be looking, we'll work with them and show them the cost factors for one to five, and then we'll break out the cost factors to five and 10 years, and then do an evaluation of what is the cost if we were to be on the cloud for level three and above versus on-prem. And we'll do the cost differential and see where that lies if we were to do on-prem and also what it takes to support that. And then based on the cost differential, companies will decide whether they'll do it on-prem or continue going forward with on the cloud with GCC High. Got it. Got it. Okay. So so essentially, the levels are levels of, if I hear you correctly, levels of cybersecurity, maturity, and security. And if, 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 I'm a, if I'm a manufacturer of some consumer good, I may not need the same level of security as I do if I'm doing top secret defense work, right? And so that's what those stratified levels really kind of where you sit in there will make sense based on your business and on the cost benefit of do I need to be in the cloud and have those pay those expenses for those levels? Or is it better to be on-prem and have the security levels that I need? Correct. And and it doesn't necessarily have to be government. It could be other things that you're doing that need that top security. Right. Um, and could be medical device and depends on the type of medical device. Um, not likely to be on the GCC high for that, but it may be something that you're doing that is going to be used in another industry. We've seen that actually where a device was developed and then utilized in other areas and other markets. And it turned out that they were providing for the government and that changed their whole model. Mm. Okay. Okay. So we've covered a lot, awful lot of ground today. Is there anything else related to ERPs and small manufacturers that you think is important to discuss? I would just say that taking a look and doing that evaluation for your organization will end up and I know folks will say that this is a, a cost impact, but those those little inefficiencies add up every day and throughout the year. And that is the, the delta of paying for those inefficiencies per employee versus making that decision to become more automated, integrated, and then being able to make those improvements within your organization will make a big difference. And I, I think that one of the key areas is staying competitive. And if we stay where we are and we're not upgrading or we're going to just continue doing what we're doing always, we're living in a technology-based economy. And to stay competitive, we really do need to think about making these transitions and improvements. Very well put. Thank you so much. 
Pandora, thank you for joining me today and for sharing your perspectives and insights with me and with our listeners. Thank you very much, Greg. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us for this conversation with Pandora Ovanesian on enterprise resource planning and small and mid-sized manufacturers. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Stay safe and healthy. Thank you for listening to Shifting Gears, a podcast from CMTC. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and post it on your social media platforms. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast directory. For more information on our topic, please visit www.cmtc.com slash shifting gears. CMTC is a private nonprofit organization that provides technical assistance, workforce development, and consulting services to small and medium-sized manufacturers throughout the state of California. CMTC's mission is to serve as a trusted advisor, providing solutions that increase the productivity and competitiveness of California's manufacturers. CMTC operates under a cooperative agreement for the state of California with the Hollings Manufacturing Extension Partnership Program, MEP, at the National Institutes of Standards and Technology within the Department of Commerce. For more information about CMTC, please visit www.cmtc.com. For more information about the MEP National Network or to find your local MEP center, visit www.nist.gov forward slash MEP.